Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Your Number One Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Spencer, your number one fan. Episode topics will vary with the ultimate goal of providing the inspiration, encouragement, and tools for you to create your most authentic, happy life. I want this to be your weekly comfort podcast that also gives you a little kick in the butt to live your life to the fullest and not care what anybody says. Thank you for being here. Now let's get into the good stuff. Welcome back to the Your Number One Fan Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Morgan. She's had quite a few pivots in her life, and we just talked before starting to record about how she's looking to kind of get back to that pre-pivot life. Um, She's a mother of three, which is crazy. I can't imagine three. I have one. (laughs) Um, So we're just going to get into kind of her story, how she got to where she is. She's very successful with a UPIC farm and a flower cart. Really cool to, to watch what you're doing and I can't wait to go to the UPIC farm. So let's get into it. Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kim. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. This is my first podcast. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, that's all right. But no, I loved actually listening to your first episode because I've known you since literally elementary school. And when you watch people from afar, like on social media, Um, you kind of like know where they're going, yeah. but to hear all your little inner workings of your whole story was very yeah. interesting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want to get into with you today. Yeah. So yeah. So let's go back to kind of where you see everything starting. So I know you said you always wanted to be a writer. So yeah. is there a reason that you wanted to be a writer, by the way? I don't know. You know, I think my whole life, I just like knew I was going to write a book. It's okay. something I was, mm-hmm. I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I love sentence structure and grammar (laughs) and I just I remember um do you remember our elementary school newspaper vaguely vaguely okay Okay. was it Dr. Beardnet yes Yes. (laughs) so we had like an elementary school newspaper and you couldn't write for it until like fourth or fifth grade so the year before you could write for it I complained to her and I was like there's so many typos in this newspaper you guys have to get it together I love that so I was the first student editor of that newspaper oh my god and then I wrote for it the next couple years or, or the next year whenever you could um, I also, we did autobiographies in fifth mm-hmm. grade and I would proofread everybody's like during recess. I would I type them that. up. Oh yeah. My I just loved it. And, yeah. um, I did a lot of writing workshops in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I entered a poetry slam and came in second in middle Ooh, school. Wow. Super fun. Yeah. I just like, I felt like that's where I was going. Yeah. It, it was so natural to me and mm-hmm. it's something I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't draw at, for anything. Me either. But like my artistic bone is 
in writing. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like that was really my trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I didn't have a great high school experience. Um, I always thrived in my English classes, but mm-hmm. I think my anxiety, or I guess I didn't know it was anxiety then. Right. Um, now I do, but I think it really started to rear at the end of high school as the transition to college was coming. Mm-hmm. I never liked change. I never liked moving up a school or, you know, yeah. doing really anything new. Um, so as the transition to college was coming, I think I panicked. Yeah. Which I think is kind of normal. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> um, but I think the difference is I have kind of a hard exterior and like I wasn't able to help, help, ask my parents to help me with that transition. Mm-hmm. I think they have always kind of been at arm's length with me because I'm at arm's length with a lot of people. Okay. I just, mm-hmm. I listened to your astrology episode and <laughs> I'm like, I'm a classic Capricorn. I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. So I feel like I couldn't ask them for help in that transition to go to college mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it on my own. So I kind of let that dream die and I just was doing life after high school for a little bit. Um, I went to stenography school after a couple years. Oh my God, we have so much in common. I feel like that's something, I mean, I was drawn to this. My aunt actually listens to this. So hi, Aunt Joan, but she introduced me to somebody who does that. And I was super interested in that. That's so funny. Oh my (laughs) God, I still have the stenography machine. So are you like, no, oh my gosh. Okay, Okay, so... Long for anybody short. that doesn't know what stenography is, it's basically like court, court recording. recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's on this very strange keyboard type right. thing. So. Not a typewriter, but yeah. it looks like a typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, um, it was crazy to learn yeah. that stuff. But a couple months into stenography school, I found out that I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh, wow. So that was my first huge pivot in life. Mm-hmm. Um, having a baby at 21 is kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, I was single and, you know, obviously didn't, hadn't found my way yet. So after I had her, I was working in restaurants, um, driving her to daycare, then to work, you know, back mm-hmm. to daycare to get her home for dinner. Um, and I had like $5 in my pocket at the end of the week. And I mm-hmm. thought, this is not sustainable. Right. We have to pivot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so pivot uh, again, I decided to go to dental hygiene school. Mm-hmm. It was a two-year program, and um, it was a fast-growing career, according to my dad. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> had, like, sent me this article on MSN yeah. about fast-growing careers. Mm-hmm. So I did that, um, and then I went and got my bachelor's degree in it. And um, I was on track to get my master's. Mm-hmm. In that time, I had gotten married. We had gotten our house, and I was pregnant with our uh, my second-born. And... Then the pandemic happened Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was overwhelmed. I had the baby a few weeks into the pandemic. Um, I was super overwhelmed with it and decided there's no way I can go and get my master's right now. I oh, yeah. had to address my mental health first because um, I think the wheels had really fallen off mm-hmm. and postpartum really hit me. Yeah, that's kind of not funny, but you say that you're a Capricorn very, you're being very vulnerable right now. So I appreciate <laughs> you talking about it. And I feel like you have a, like hindsight is twenty twenty type thing. You are very like well articulated with what you've gone through and how you felt. So I think a lot of people like don't really have that. Like right now I look back and I like can recall like what I went through, but you just seem very like, this is 
you know, how yeah. I felt yeah. and this is how I got to where I am. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. And I love that you recognized that it was time to pivot, you know, and you could easily fall from where you were with your firstborn and you were so young, you can easily just go down like this rabbit hole of negativity and just you say that you don't really ask for help. So it's really great that you were able to go to work and, or I'm sorry, go back to school and then get your bachelor's too. That's even hard. Like your master's is another beast, but like your bachelor's is still just as like difficult and time consuming. So congratulations for all of that and getting married and your second (laughs) um, and your third. (laughs) So when, so basically it was a perfect storm. You kind of were looking to continue. So I'm sure you were upset. You couldn't do that, the pandemic, and you were going through some postpartum stuff. So were you able to ask for help there? Did you feel kind of isolated? I mean, we all felt isolated, so I can only imagine. Yeah. I, I did not ask for help. I always say this and Mm -hmm. it's a terrible quality of myself, (laughs) but I always say I would rather drown in the lake than ask for a life preserver. Like I'd rather fail on my own than succeed with help, Mm -hmm. which I know is the worst way to be. So Mm -hmm. like learning to ask for help is, Mm -hmm. it's, and no pun intended, it's like pulling teeth. Well, yeah. (laughs) I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I am definitely learning that you have to. At that time, I definitely wasn't ready to. Mm -hmm. And it really caused a lot of trauma to my household. Okay. Not addressing it. I was Mm -hmm. just so full of like rage and I, and I couldn't tell if it was pandemic rage. Is Mm -hmm. it postpartum rage? Is it anxiety because I don't want to get sick from this unknown thing. Right. I was working in mouths. I went back to work before my six weeks postpartum in mouths. You know, my husband was working in um, a COVID quarantine area. Like we were just hit from all sides. And you know, I think it was, like you said, a perfect storm of just all this mm-hmm. emotion. And um, yeah, I wasn't ready to ask for help. And it really went on for like 15 months until I found out I was pregnant with my third. And I think my hormones probably yeah. balanced out. Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat like that. Um, but yeah, I think looking back, I absolutely should have been like, Hey guys, pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. But I also think, you know, my husband was trying to support me in it without really knowing how to support me because you're at arm's length. I don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. That's, I think a lot of us struggle with that, like feeling like we don't want to be the mom who does need the help. You know, so I have definitely learned as if you know me at all, you know, that I've gotten in tune with mental health and very comfortable with it and acknowledging it, but it still is hard. And I almost, and I always say this to my husband, like, I will go, go, go burn out and I will not be okay. And then I'll go, go, go. Like, it's like, I don't learn. And it does just come up out of nowhere post-pregnancy too. And you don't really know the difference. I mean, like I said before, there's the pandemic too. So you're, you have that in one hand, but then the other hand, you're juggling like 10 things with pregnancy, postpartum, a new baby, like a whole life that you're responsible for. So I just feel like I couldn't tell the difference between the post-pregnancy, just normal feelings. And then if it was to go, you know, down a little bit or. Right. Where's the line right, that we cross? Right. Exactly. So you were struggling with, you know, all these things, at once, a lot at once, even, you know, we were all dealing with stuff. And then 
I just can't even imagine, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, so what was that like turning point? Because you seem like you're looking back on it now. You don't seem like you're in the thick of it so much. And I think a lot of it has to do with your new business venture. So is that where everything kind of turned or what, what do you have to say about that part? Yeah. So we moved to the farm at that time. Um, I think during my postpartum struggle, I was like, I need to get out of mm -hmm. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's, I want space. Mm -hmm. I want to like live on this Island alone mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. So we found this, this large piece of property and decided to put an offer in on it and we got it. And I started growing flowers that summer just as like fun mm -hmm. to give away to people. And, and it really forced me to get outside. It yeah. forced me, it gave me a routine starting seeds, making sure to water them. It gave me a break from the monotony of caring for the children. Mm -hmm. Of course I was still caring for the children, well, of course, but yeah. I, this was like something additional that yeah. was breaking the monotony. Like yeah. I said, yeah. And once we were growing flowers, you know, that summer was, was really fun with our friends coming over and just giving them sunflowers and whatever. We kind of looked at each other and was like, maybe we should do a business. Yeah. Like I'm home anyway with the kids for the most part. I had taken my hours down from dental hygiene after the birth of my third um, because it was just, it was too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so we opened a Yukon flower farm and yeah. that's been really exciting. It was really great to learn something new. Um, put all of like brain power into a new hobby. It kind of gives you like an adrenaline high mm -hmm. because you're excited about something. Yeah. It's, you know, something that you're passionate about. Um, so we did that. We had some good success last year. People loved coming by and just mm -hmm. spending the afternoon or the morning, like picking flowers. Yeah. I've seen all the pictures. They're beautiful. Thank you. So many things are coming up as you're talking. I feel like one of the things is you keep going back to like sustainability, like what is sustainable? And a lot of us, I feel like we try and force things and we're like, okay, this isn't sustainable. This isn't doable. Like we need to make a change. Like that is one of the biggest things that I think stop people from doing those pivots and stop people from acknowledging that they do need help or they do need a change. So props to you for recognizing <laughs> that and making something out of all of this. Um, for your flowers, I feel like gardening in general is just such a good self-care, like, and just a good thing to do mentally. I feel like I've read an article in like college about gardening and like mental health. Like, I feel like that is an actual thing people recommend for your mental health. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. the vitamin D alone. Oh you're yeah. Getting. Oh my God. Seriously. Sun makes all the difference. <laughs> well, especially so, here in Buffalo. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. You get a hit of sun and you're like, yeah, I'm a new person. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, not only that, but like I said, just being forced to be mm -hmm. outside and bring my kids outside and, um, yeah, hands in the dirt. I mean, there's nothing better than like the smell of like mm -hmm. fresh dirt mm -hmm. and flowers. I mean, make everybody happy. Oh, yeah. So it really was a, a great pivot. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Um, that, that brought me up when I was really down. Yeah. And that brings up kind of a, another topic. Like I believe in the universe in manifesting. I believe in like, I mean, it, you don't even have to believe in it. It's energy. It's like science. <laughs> I can get into that in another episode, but I think it just lends to the fact that you don't have really a say in how you get somewhere. Like you can want to do things and whatever but this flower thing like came out of nowhere it sounds like like you really recognize that oh I like doing this and oh maybe that's cool but you never would have 
seen that in your future, I don't think. So I think that's a really good lesson for everybody to learn is like, you can not know how you're going to get there and still feel like you need to get there or want to get there. Like as far as happiness or feeling like you have your mental health under control, it's hard to let go of the how for a lot of things. But if there's something that you really want, whether it be that flower, flower, you pick field, whatever, I'm like <laughs> blanking, um, the you pick farm, or if you're just like in general, I need to be happy, I need something, you're going to get there if you believe you're going to get there and you have to let go of the how because anything can really come up and happen. And I'm kind of like jealous. I mean, that's awesome. It, I would love to do that all day. <laughs> I'll tell you, farming is definitely romanticized. Oh, for sure. Especially Ugh. with the flowers. I mean, the bugs, the, that, okay. the pests. The, the we've had a drought here the I wildfires yeah. I mean it's like but it is I would I wouldn't change it for a thing mm-hmm. we're having so much fun um and I think like you said you have to let go of the how mm-hmm. if you told me mm-hmm. 20 years ago <laughs> that you were gonna own a farm one day yeah, and I love that. have three kids and a husband and people come to your property to pick flowers I would laugh at you So that all sounds amazing. And I think another thing is you can be happy, but want more. You can be happy and excited for where you are, but feel pulled to do more things. And I think that's really where my story has come down to like, sure, I've been happy here, but I want to follow this. I want to follow that. And a lot of people are afraid to do that um, because maybe it won't work out or maybe it's not the right time. So as far as you going back to like what you said you wanted to do, you've always wanted to be a writer, which is so uncommon to have like a childhood dream be like, you know, something you continue to want your whole life. It sounds like it's meant for you. So what are your thoughts there? Do you have an idea of how you want to pursue that or what are your thoughts there? I think you hit the nail on the head with timing. Mm -hmm. I think timing, it has never been the right time to Mm -hmm. pursue it. Now I have all this dental knowledge. I've been doing that for seven years. I thought maybe I'll write for a dental magazine, mm-hmm. you know, someday. Um, maybe I'll write a flower book, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right now, I still, I don't feel ready to fully pursue it mm-hmm. because I'm so entrenched in our business mm-hmm. and raising the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the timing will be right when I'm done like changing diapers yeah and uh-huh. kind of have a little more free time yeah I don't want to take on too much because because I know that that will overload me mm-hmm. but I think all the time like I know I will write a book one day like I, I have that. to which kind of it makes me a little restless because I am 32 I do look around at my friends who have great careers mm-hmm. and are making great money in their retirement and you know that's something I don't have mm-hmm. and I feel like when I look at myself, like who I think I am or the potential that I, that I have to Mm -hmm. be, I see myself as 32 with a great career and a great retirement and uh, Capricorns definitely um, like value monetary success. So like, if I look back on my life, if I don't have monetary success, I don't feel like it will be a successful life. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to get there. Um, I think it's funny because you and I kind of have the opposite experience where I'm trying to get back to a nine to five mm-hmm. and I want to pivot back there. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely see myself working in like editing or publishing, writing in some way, doing that as a really steady job. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't have the time mm -hmm. right now. So I kind of just have to accept sitting here in this now mm -hmm. instead of chasing the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I am having fun now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a great time with the kids yeah. and the farm. And I'm still doing dental hygiene a little bit here and there, but it, it feels like there is still more to come. Mm -hmm. Which is totally fair. You can be, you know, really content where you are, but have other roads that you want to go down. And I think that also brings something up. You say you're 32, you're looking around. That is something I, I have to remind myself all the time, but I feel like I'm always talking to people about how you look around and maybe you're seeing this in another person, but they wish they had what you did or they, they're like, oh, I'd give up my retirement if I could be doing this dream or whatever. So it's hard not to compare yourself to others. But if you really think about it, like even people's marriages or relationships, like you can look around. I mean, me, I'm happy. But for other people, I feel like they're like, oh, I want to be married now. All those married people, if you knew what their relationship really was, or if you saw the trials and tribulations and all of the stuff that they've gone through or things they struggle with, there wouldn't be so many people on that side, on that greener grass. If you're, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you really knew how things were, if people were really happy, it wouldn't feel like all these people have it figured out. And I don't mean to be negative at all, but it's just one thing to consider. Same with jobs. I feel like you might look at another person and be like, oh, they have it figured out, but they don't feel like they have it figured out. So it is really hard not to compare yourself, but well, and that's social media, like in a nutshell. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the the amount that you look around and compare yourself mm -hmm. to, well, this person just bought a house and look mm -hmm. at how big their house mm -hmm. is. And oh, this person has, you know, is, is having a baby and mm -hmm. this person's getting married. And um, you definitely compare yourself to your peers in such a magnified way than like we would have before for sure. social media. Oh, yeah. Life is so different with social media. I can only imagine like how you think about yourself is completely different. I just would love to like experience how somebody feels about themselves before all of this, like even TV and stuff, like just everything has really changed all of our perspectives and trajectories in life, just seeing all these other things and having all these stimulus. And as somebody who is now trying to become a content creator and have a podcast, it's hard to believe that anybody would want to listen to me <laughs> or like, like me, but it also has opened the door to like, okay, I can do whatever I want. Okay. There are people out there who are doing things that I want to do that don't do it as well as I do, or you know what I mean? So it's a good and a bad thing, the whole social media thing, which I touched on yesterday with somebody about mental health. How would you recommend somebody makes that big pivot like because you can't just be like okay tomorrow I'm gonna start a flower you know what I mean you have to have a plan yeah I mean you can't jump into something willy-nilly and I okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm very good at planning. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm a Capricorn. We love mm -hmm. a good plan. Mm -hmm. the, amount of, the amount of research I did leading up to this decision to mm -hmm. be like, okay, I mean, starting a flower farm, it sounds cheap. Yeah. Just some seeds and throw them in the right. dirt. But it's irrigation, okay. it's mm -hmm. compost, it's netting, it's 
it's so many. I feel like I'm missing a hundred things yeah. that I can't even think I of mean, right now. But the amount a tractor yeah. you need a tractor to move the dirt. Yeah, you know? I mean, unless you're gonna do it by hand, which on that scale is just not yeah, feasible. Sustainable. It's not sustainable. <laughs> Um, so you need a plan. Um, and that's not to deter you from making a big pivot. You just mm-hmm. have to be prepared for it mm-hmm. because the way to set yourself up for success is um, a good plan. My dad always said the six P's. I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> I don't even know if he knows how to listen to a podcast. But he always said proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I think about it all the time. Yeah. It's probably where I got my like need a plan yeah I'm I'm the same way with the planning you touched on something in one of your podcasts that like here I am talking about okay the next thing I want to go into publishing right or editing yeah and you fear the judgment from people that okay here we are okay there she goes Mm -hmm. doing something else you know and Mm-hmm. because I'm not somebody that like jumps from thing to thing I am a very rigid person who doesn't like change so it's almost it's like a double whammy that okay mm-hmm. I've done this and then I've done this and then I've done this that's already hard for me to accept mm-hmm. let alone the acceptance from others that will not laugh at that mm-hmm. right look at her she can't get a stable job she's just doing 10 other things you know, you just, you, you don't want to worry about the judgment, but it's there. I mm-hmm. mean, I would be lying if I said it doesn't oh, affect you. Oh, for sure. You. Yeah. I mean, you have to know that I don't think anybody is thinking that about you. It's, right. you seem like you have it all figured out at least, but that oh my reminds gosh, me. I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. And you. that reminds me and kind of reflects on that is, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Like you're saying all the planning and stuff, but when you look at other people, it looks like, oh, now they're suddenly doing this. You don't see all the behind the scenes or the stress and the research and all of that stuff. And then on the what you were just saying about other people, it that still gets to me. I mean, I'm like, they're probably like, oh my God, she made another Instagram. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Or like, now she's doing this, now she's doing that. And that is such a barrier to people doing what they want to do. And then it just makes you older and older and older because you're going to eventually not care what people think. And you're going to eventually be like, why didn't I start it years ago? So I just always say like, who cares? Because like, who are you living for? You at the end of the day, like who, who lived that day? You are this person who's judging you. And a lot of people, I mean, I, this girl that I met over like TikTok and she's helping me with things. Her name is Tess. I'm actually having her on the podcast too, but she always says like, it's weirder for somebody to like point at another person and laugh or like talk about them than you doing what you want to do, which puts it so simply, but it's true. Like, I think that's pretty weird. If somebody's like talking about me, like, or like judging people that matter, don't mind. Yes. The people who matter, don't mind. The people who mind don't matter. That's, I mean, I don't know who said that. It might've been Dr. Seuss or <laughs> like one of them, but, but, but it's you're right. so like, true. I, I look at my friends and mm-hmm. like, I don't have a bad thing to say about them. Mm-hmm. I, we might, we might not be the same. Mm-hmm. We might not do the same things. Mm-hmm. We might have different paths. Um, but I support them a hundred percent. So the people who aren't the same way toward me and my ventures don't matter. Yeah. They don't deserve a spot in your brain and your heart. But you did say something um, that that resonated with me that I've always been somebody who is worried about the judgment from others. Mm-hmm. And I I never would have tried something if I 
wasn't going to be the best at it. Like growing up, I was never going to do a sport Mm -hmm. if I wasn't already fantastic at it. Mm -hmm. I was never going to try a new hobby if I wasn't going to be great at it. Mm -hmm. And I think doing the flowers released some of that that I don't have to be an expert. I can't be. I feel like I've never grown flowers on this scale. I am just doing what I think I'm supposed to do and doing research Mm -hmm. and trying and trial and error. Um, I talk to other flower farmers and get their opinions on things and they're so helpful, which is great, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be an expert to try something. No, you start messy, start when you're not ready because you're never going to be ready And if you start messy, you're at least starting because you're not, like I said, you're never going to be ready. And I think another thing that holds people back that I wanted to ask you about is as social media gets bigger and everybody kind of gets ideas to do their own little businesses, I feel like maybe you might've thought other people are doing the flowers, but I mean, I haven't seen that many. Maybe you're like, did you ever feel like, okay, there's not a spot for me or did you feel the opposite? I definitely worry that there's not a spot for me Mm -hmm. in like Buffalo small business. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that might just be me feeling like the newbie. Yeah. You know, Um, when I started this, I didn't see any you pick flowers in Buffalo. I knew there was Mm -hmm. one about like an hour South of us, but I didn't know that there was one in our area. So Mm -hmm. I thought this would be a great fit. Mm -hmm. Um, I've since found, um, I have a neighbor flower farm that does you pick also. I think I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but it doesn't, I hope that I'm not bothering them and they're not bothering me. And yeah. we, you know, I bought plants from her and, and that's what I do really love about, about the little flower farm community is mm-hmm. we really all just want to help each other. Mm-hmm. But you do go in thinking, oh no, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be, it's going to be clicky mm-hmm. and they're not yeah. going to, I'm the new kid on the block yeah. and they're not going to like that. Yeah. But it's not like that. Everyone is so helpful. And I mean, Buffalo really is the city of good neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's people nice just want to help. I mean, yeah. like you said, you have people that are that mentor you, and mm-hmm. they just want to help. Yeah, I I also think like flowers are flowers. So I mean, there's also like ways you can do things that are different. I'm sure, but it's more about you and your business. So as a content creator now, and taking that name, I'm a content creator now. You are I'm a like, creator I'm doing this. So it does feel oversaturated, but nobody is you. Nobody has what you can bring. Nobody has your energy and nobody has your goals and your plans. So it might feel like, okay, if you wanted to start, you know, I don't know, a boutique or you wanted to start a restaurant or something, you might feel like there's a million other ones, but there is so much that you bring to it and you're going to be the person that goes for it. So many people are letting that stop them. But if you go for it, you're already 10 steps ahead. And you'll be thankful for it because you'll always have that desire in the back of your mind, you know? You can always find a niche. Mm-hmm. There are flower farms around here and I'm friendly with all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them that I've met. And we all kind of do something different. Mm-hmm. So the one that's that's really next door to me, um, Goody Girl Flower Farm, Marina Goody is so fantastic. She's so nice. She does workshops a lot. She does a lot mm-hmm. of weddings. She mm-hmm. teaches workshops yeah. about building bouquets. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I ever will because I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm a teacher. Okay. Um, maybe someday, but I don't feel confident to stand up and like, like run a class. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic at it. So that's kind of her thing. And she does an amazing job. Yeah. I'm finding my spot with my flower cart. I feel Love like that. that's something that, that no one around me is doing. Mm-hmm. 
So I have my cute little cart and that's just what I, I really love the aesthetics of it. And yeah. it came out exactly how I wanted it. So my husband, did, shout out to my husband. He did such a good job building it. It's so cute. Kim, I tortured him along the way. <laughs> like every, I literally like told him what to do and then he would do it and I'd be like, I hate it. Do it over. <laughs> Gotta be honest. And he was like, Morgan, I'm not doing it over. Let's just keep moving. He was like, I'll change it next year if you decide you hate it. And as it came together, I was like, I do really love it. You did such a good job. So I'm sorry, babe. You did a great job. <laughs> I bet everybody like must love it. It's so cute. Thank and you. So well done. And you're right. I mean, I don't think I can think of everybody kind of brings a new thing to Buffalo like every couple months, I feel like. And I've seen like the champagne carts or like not even just champagne I think just like bar carts and now the flower carts it's so nice to see people like doing things like that so do you feel like even though you're not going after that number one dream I mean maybe having children is your number one dream whatever you know what I mean (laughs) your writing dream do you still feel like you're being true to yourself or do you feel like you're kind of I do I mean there's Mm -hmm. always going to be imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. where you're like I'm not mm-hmm. doing this right. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, an expert. Mm-hmm. I'm only in year two of growing on this mm-hmm. scale and it's definitely presenting challenges, but I, I'm having fun and like, I am being true to me because it's what I want to do right now. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it comes down to what you right. want to do right now. Like and- sure. At my core, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. And I will get back to that someday. Um, but also I'm a dental hygienist and I like to clean teeth. Mm-hmm. I'm also a flower farmer mm-hmm. who likes to grow flowers. Yeah. I also, Kim, I love to sing. Oh, like, really? I okay. love, it's my, one of my favorite things to do in life. Yeah. And I don't have to be an expert at any mm-hmm. of them. I can just be what I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have worked on accepting that, mm-hmm. you know, it might not be the linear path that I thought I would, that I would do my mm-hmm. whole life it can be a squiggly line Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, it should be. I think that's like the number one thing that I want people to get out of this podcast. And the people I want to bring on the podcast is people that are, a lot of people aren't really confident in that yet, but we're learning to be confident in that. And every new pivot brings nerves and uncertainty and imposter syndrome. But I was just talking about imposter syndrome and how silly it is. Like, because we're all imposters then <laughs> like nobody's an expert when they first start. And a lot of the time you're always learning forever. So it's just a silly thing, but it definitely affects a lot of us. I have imposter syndrome all the time, but, or just have it with different things, I should say. <laughs> well, and I think at this age, I mean, you're 30, right? Yeah. I'm 30. I'm 32. I feel like this, this little generation of, mm-hmm. of ours, like we kind of still feel like big kids yeah you know like oh, for we're sure. not running businesses <laughs> no. what are we doing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're like we're like raising kids yeah like, what? <laughs> that's how I feel all the time I like I know you're friends with Emily and Dina Tully yeah and we're always like what <laughs> like what wait what I What's know um <laughs> like if I ever got a promotion I'd be like why yeah exactly <laughs> like but I'm like 12 still right, right. Oh my god! Wait, Dana had her bachelorette or her um her what did Dana just have? Shower. Her shower. I and I I was writing to her um and I wanted to be like Dana, you're like 16, like you can't get married. <laughs> I know. I said I looked at her. I'm like I can't like it really hit me that day, and I'm like wait, like somebody like a fixture from my high school career, like Dana is getting married. I'm like so that really hit me. Right. Like almost seeing it in somebody else. I mean I'm married and I I don't know I just didn't think of it that right. way. Right. It doesn't hit you when it's you. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I know. it did, but it didn't, you know, so 
But yeah, I mean, like you said, you're, you have to start messy and you have to accept that you, you might not even want to do this tomorrow, but honoring yourself and being like, let me just do this. So I don't always wonder, let me do this to make sure that it's nothing, nothing that like I meant to do because I've tried different things. I had an Etsy shop once I worked. Oh my God, I could go on and on about all the jobs I've had and all the things that I've tried. And I'm glad that I did, even though I was a little embarrassed, even though like I felt like I was failing, it's important to go down all those roads, even if the door shuts, like that's almost the point is to see if it shuts or not, you know? And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to do that because it's probably not going to work out or I'm not good at it. But at the end of the day, like I said, you're living for yourself and you are going to be on your deathbed one day. If you can even, I mean, life is too short. You never know what's going to happen. I'll put that there. But one day, hopefully in many, many years, you'll be on your deathbed and you'll be like, none of that mattered. Like none of those people mattered. I don't even remember their names. And I wish that I did this because what if like my whole life would be different? So I just like to think of that, Kim. (laughs) And the people at my funeral, I'm like, I want them to remember me as like this person that inspired them or that they loved. And just being that type of person aside from like career and stuff, just being the person that you really want to be. I think about that often, like, and this is going to sound morbid, but I think about like my obituary someday Yeah, because I also love writing. So can I I write my own obituary? (laughs) I I I honestly probably will. Yeah, Some Um, people do. I probably will. Yeah. My sister married us. She got ordained and I like wrote her speech. Oh, (laughs) I was like, this is what you're going to say. A little control. That's so funny. But I I think about my obituary and like, what is it going to say? Like, what is the career? Mm -hmm. I say that to my husband all the time. He's a carpenter through and through like it's what he is and that's what he will be his whole life Mm -hmm. but I I wonder that and that's another like identity crisis like what is it I look Mm -hmm. at him all the time and I think I mean thankfully I have the stability of him Mm -hmm. I I obviously couldn't do any of this these businesses without the financial stability Mm -hmm. that he provides Mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I look at him all the time and I say what is my long-term? What am I retiring from? Mm-hmm. What job am I retiring? From? Right. And it is, you know, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But and that like just you, goes back to the thing that's instilled in us so long ago, like that there should be something. Right. There has you to know? be a job yeah. where you work at 22 and you mm-hmm. work at 65. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> just say the thought of that. I mean, I and again, back to like what you were saying at the beginning, we'll like wrap up on this topic like you were pivoting towards the nine to five I'm pivoting away from the nine to five and I just like to you know really nail what is it drive home (laughs) that nothing is better than another so it doesn't mean that like a person that wants a nine to five or a corporate job is like wrong or whatever like or they're right another person is wrong because I do feel like sometimes why am why do I want this so bad why do I want to not have a nine to five one isn't better than the other. It really just is what you want to do and what you want to do that day, like you said. So about the nine to five, is that something that like you want to give up your creative, you know what I mean? I feel like you're such a creative person and you want to work for somebody else. That's a good point. And <laughs> and maybe, you know, can maybe I'll try it and I'll yeah, eat it. Right. I exactly. No maybe the door will close. <laughs> um, but I do, I just always picture myself in like a steady income um, cause you know, I'm a parent, I, I need a plan. Mm-hmm. I need to know my budget for mm-hmm. the month and I need to know what paycheck is coming in. Um, right. but yeah, I think moving toward the nine to five and maybe it's because it's something I really haven't done since like restaurant life mm-hmm. 
when I was 19. Yeah. I, I need to try it and see if it does work for me. Mm -hmm. If not, luckily writing is something like, you know, you can Mm -hmm. do on a freelance level Mm -hmm. and maybe someday I'll be in my little cottage in Maine overlooking the ocean, like writing, like my little freelance writing career. Um, but I guess like you said, you don't, you don't know and you Mm -hmm. don't know until you try. So I hope to be able to, to meld the creative process Mm -hmm. in my brain with a steady paycheck, Mm -hmm. like a nine to five or preferably like a seven to or a six to two would be an early riser. But um, yeah, I guess you just don't know until you try it. But at the core, I think our generation just wants to be happy. And Mm -hmm. so like, we just want to find what makes us happy. And then, like you said, it's different for every individual. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. (laughs) Do you have anything else that you want to kind of talk about or share with people? Yeah. So to sum up, I would say, First of all, ask for help, whether it's in motherhood or another, a big transition in your life. Like I know my parents would have moved a mountain to get me to college if I asked for their help. And I was just too proud to ask. Same thing when I had my kids, I was just too proud to ask. I wanted to do it all by myself. And that doesn't, that doesn't help your mental state and it doesn't help you reach the full potential that you could, um, that you could have if you had just asked for help. So ask for help. And then also, there is no timeline in life. That has taken me a long time to accept that at 32, I am not where I thought I would be. But that's okay. That's okay. I don't have to be where everybody else is or what I perceive that everybody else is, right? Because not everybody else is there. It just seems that way um, when you're feeling down on where you are in life. So there is no timeline for starting a family, starting a career, um, being in any place in life. So right now I'm like trying to actively tell myself, don't compare yourself to Morgan. She has three kids, but like my baby is hard too. I'm like, you know what I mean? But it's so easy to compare and just be like, well, if this person can do this or you know, or why do I need to ask for help? Like people are going to think that I'm a baby or like that I can't handle stress or whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, again, it's your life and you need to do what's right for you, especially when it comes to mental health. I just talked to somebody yesterday about that, how serious it is. Like, and like you said, it is uncomfortable to talk about, but it really can go downhill fast. And especially with postpartum, um, moms are really just kind of put to the side, like immediately after that baby is born, which is rightfully so in some aspects, but the mom really needs support and has really no control over her hormones. So it's very difficult to just be on your own with that. Um, But that's such a good message to really ask for help, something to think of in really every aspect of your life. If you want to even, like you said before, reach out to somebody to help you on this new trajectory or this new career, somebody to support you. If you don't have anybody in your life, there's always people out there. And that's one of the things I want to do at this podcast is be everybody's number one fan and help everybody get to where they want to be and feel confident in that. So thank you so much. What can we plug for you? Ooh, plug. Um, <laughs> you can come out and pick flowers with us July through October mm-hmm. um, at the Phrase Farm, F-R-A-S-E. On Instagram. Instagram. We have a Facebook. 
um, for the people that still use Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, cool. and then the flower cart, you know, is available for showers and weddings and birthdays and fun events. Yeah. You just rent it out. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a full service. So we bring the flowers delivery set up. We hang while you build your little oh, you arrangements. See? Yeah. Oh, nice. And then it's like a and yeah. little entertainment piece. What kind of flowers do you got coming up? Depends on like the season. Mm -hmm. um, but summer is around the corner. We'll have zinnias and snapdragons and sunflowers and strawflowers nice. and oh. and Yeah. Awesome. Things. Yeah. Lots of, well, lots of dahlias and. I don't know what any of those are, but I'm sure they're all very pretty. I need to go. But oh, thank you so much for coming on. I know that it was not something that you were like super confident in doing. You were a little nervous, but everybody tells me that and you did great. And I'm thankful that you were able to share with everybody. So everybody definitely follow her. If you're from this area, Buffalo, Western New York area, definitely check out um, the farm. Go <laughs> rent out her cart. It's all so cute. If you want to see, go on the Instagram. And if you don't live around here, follow her. Okay. Um, but thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you have any questions for Morgan. I'll send them along and get you guys some answers. And I just know that you were inspired by her today. So I'm so thankful you came on Morgan. Thank you again. Thanks, Kim.